On this episode of Locked on Lightning, where do the Tampa Bay Lightning stack up against the rest of the NHL? We talk about all that and more. But first, let's play that music. You're Locked on Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. And just a reminder that today's episode of Locked On Lightning is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So we're after a very busy couple of weeks to start the NHL offseason. Lightning made some signs, some signings. Uh, they they drafted some players, which was a very, very good step in the right direction for this Tampa Bay team who has not had a good amount of draft picks over the last couple of years, obviously because of them, of, of their their recent, recent success with Stanley Cups and getting deep in the playoffs. They've kind of taken a step back this year, which I said at the time was a very good thing. And this offseason, like I said, after the Maple Leaf series ended, was a very good opportunity for this Lightning team to retool, whether it be in their minor league system or even at the NHL level. And I have to say, all things considered, given their very, very close close grip or, or or just very close to the cap wall. I thought they did a very good job signing Connor Sheary. I thought that was that they really knocked it out of the park. And I think that's really going to be a signing when we look in at next year's team, especially in the later months of November, December, uh, especially even January, February, where those are really the, the dog days of the NHL season. I think that we're going to look back at that as really a a great signing. Obviously, it, it all depends on if Connor Sherry does perform uh, the way that we would all expect him to on the second line. And the Lightning obviously giving Cole Kepke a, a shot this year. I thought he played very well in the limited time that he had with the Lightning. Luke Glendening gets signed. Josh Archibald also at the NHL level, Calvin DeHaan, uh, a signing uh, to join Zach Bogosian on that third line pairing on the defensive court. And now that the Lightning, and, and I know what some of you may be thinking, you're not overly impressed with some of the names that were brought in. And that's fine. You know, it's, it's one of those situations where – Lightning fans and, and knowing Lightning fans very well, we're all going to kind of just hop on the bandwagon right away with this team. But I think it's really going to be a little bit longer until this fan base, I guess, falls in love with this team. Because I look at it this way, and I was also kind of going back and forth with a listener of the show. We were just talking about some of the additions today and just 
you know, where the lightning stand in the rest, rest of the NHL. And, you know, we could say, yeah, they'll, they may get, they may not make it far in the playoffs. And I even tweeted a couple, it was probably the end of last week where I tweeted saying that I didn't think that this lightning team could get higher than 85 points. Uh, that is right now. That's just looking at the paper. Once we get through the first couple of months of the year, that opinion could very well change or or stay put. Um, but really, you know, the Lightning, we can't fault them for the moves that they made, obviously. You know, they, they made some signings that I still don't feel comfortable with, uh, giving Nick Paul a, uh, an extension. Uh, Anthony Sorelli, that's fine. Mikhail um, Sargachev. No problem with that. You got to lock those guys up while you can, especially those guys who have been around for a very long time. But, you know, in the end, as the salary cap continues to rise ever so slightly, you know, that will kind of even itself out. But the Lightning, yes, they're, they're a team on paper that is not very impressive. I think we could all agree with that statement to a certain degree. Um, you know, you still have the superstars, though. You have, obviously, your Kucherov, your point. Stamkos, you know, we might very well, and we kind of saw it here and there throughout the course of last season where I wouldn't say it's it's evident at this point, but age possibly starting to creep up on him or maybe the league has just completely figured him out at this point. Um and then you have on the second line, Brandon Hagel, Anthony Sorelli, and Sherry, as we have previously stated. Esamont, Paul, and Janot. That's the huge question mark. Obviously, that's going to plague this team for quite some time until he proves everybody otherwise, you know, can Tanner Janot be a player that is going to be able to contribute in a huge way. And unfortunately, to legitimize, I don't think he's going to be able to ever legitimize what was given up for him unless he just completely goes off for 40 goals and a hundred points and just plays a complete game all around the ice, a complete 200 foot game, which let's be honest and realistic here. Tanner Janot isn't that guy. Um, And then obviously that third line is going to be in, I mean, excuse me, that fourth line is going to be very interesting to see how, that evolves over the course of the season because I can guarantee you that Cole Kiepke, Luke Glendening, and Josh Archibald will not be the set in stone fourth line for the entire season. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lightning do make more moves, and you know we'll get into that later on in the show. But I think that is going to be a topic of conversation throughout the course of the season as the Lightning get into some of these games that are going to be very well, could be won by the play of the fourth line. Um, but looking at this Lightning team, how they stack up against the the league, I'm more so asking the question, and I bet a lot of Lightning fans feel the same way. If not, you should be viewing it this way. You shouldn't be asking how do the Lightning stack up against, I don't know, the New York Rangers or the Pittsburgh Penguins or the Chicago Blackhawks, whatever. The only question you should be asking in terms of comparison when it comes to this Tampa Bay Lightning team is how does the Tampa Bay Lightning stack up against the Atlantic Division? 
Because when I'm looking at the Atlantic Division, I'm I'm looking at a handful of teams. I'm not looking at, you know, Boston. I unless Boston has a completely incredible, incredible season. I firmly believe that they are going to take a step back this year um, with with trading away Taylor Hall that I feel like in a way that kind of signified that they're kind of starting to make some sort of effort to rebuild. I mean, they do have the core to a certain degree still to kind of be that team, but they're definitely not going to rattle off 135 points or anywhere close to that. Um, I think that their ceiling at least is maybe a hundred points, um, give or take a couple of points here and there. But the teams that really concern me in the Atlantic Division are Detroit and Florida, and then I think the sneaky dark horse in all of this is Buffalo. Buffalo played very well for a large part of the season, uh, shocked a lot of people. We really thought they were going to be just a complete dumpster fire like Montreal was, who came in at 68 points to finish out last in, in the division. But when I look at these teams, you know, Toronto is either way. I, I, I don't think they made the necessary moves to take that next step. Um, Florida did. Detroit definitely did, and I think Detroit's do. Buffalo, I think what it comes down to it is they just need goaltending, and they're set. And Ottawa is just trading away to Brinkett kind of signaled to me that they're not ready just yet. We had a lot of high hopes for this Ottawa Senators team. I mean, maybe, I mean, some Senator fans that might be watching this or listening to this might disagree. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But when when you look at this division, the only teams that really – I think are going to give, obviously there's going to be the tough games against Toronto and Boston. There's no doubt about that, but the teams that really scare me that could really make or break the lightning, either making the playoffs or not, because let's face it, you know, like we could always, we could make the case that this lightning team still has a good core and absolutely. And they'll have arrested Andre Vasilevsky and they could light the world on fire. That's great. But when you get into those tough games, against your Detroit, against your Buffalo, against your Florida, even Toronto and Boston, uh, can this Lightning team compete? And my definitive answer for now, until you know, we check back in in November, because I, I, I've what I've said on past episodes is that I think November, Christmas, December, Christmas time, that's kind of when you're starting to realize what kind of team you're going to get for the rest of the year, unless they make some incredible move at the trade deadline that is going to completely change how that team plays. That's the team you're going to get for the rest of the year. You know, there's really no changing or flip-flopping. It's very, very uh, rare that we see a team uh, like what we saw from the St. Louis blues in 2019 going from last place, I believe at new year's to winning the Stanley cup. And, you know, I'm not saying the Tampa Bay Lightning, especially playing in this division where really everybody is a threat. Even even Ottawa, who who we all know at this point in time, for the last couple of years, even when they have been just an absolutely brutal hockey team to watch, uh, give the Lightning fits. So, you know, 
every team in this division, even Montreal, who I wouldn't be surprised if the Lightning drop one or two of that team. The Lightning are going to need to compete with the Atlantic division. And I don't know if they're able to compete at a high enough level to where they could finish in the top three. Because once you get into that wild card situation, it kind of gets a little bit hairy because now you're not just competing against your division. You're competing against the rest of the Eastern Conference. And that could be one other team or five other teams, whether we're talking about the first wildcard spot or especially, which I, I hope this isn't the case, but that that second wildcard spot. And, you know, like I said, Lightning right at this time, I think are an 85-point team. That doesn't mean I don't think that they're, they're going to play well. But if that is something that they eventually do accomplish or fall short at at 85 points, that's not going to get in today's NHL. That's not getting you into the playoffs. That might get you very close, but that's definitely not going to get into the playoffs. So we'll keep an eye on that. Hopefully the Lightning make some more moves, and we'll talk about that uh, over in the next upcoming segment in just a little bit. But first, I want to talk about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Now, if you haven't heard about Bird Dogs, sit down, listen, pay attention. Now, Bird Dogs make you look good. A Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better now you don't want to miss out on this because they got some great deals coming on for you especially with the summer and especially with the summer you know you don't also want to look good you want to feel good bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wickening fabric that keeps you cool dry all day long so go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl or enter the promo code locked on nhl for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nhl or promo code locked on NHL for a free style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. So, as always, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. If you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on our YouTube channel. Uh, we are fast, fastly growing. So, you don't want to miss out on, on the prize that we got for one lucky listener. As once we hit the 1000 mark on YouTube, we'll be raffling off a Vincent LeCavier Tampa Bay Lightning signed puck. And you don't for free, for free. So all you have to do is hit that subscribe button at the bottom. And if you feel like listening to the show instead, you could always go ahead and subscribe to our show on any of any of the audio platforms out there. And don't forget, as always, to follow us on our social medias. And you can hit me up on my Twitter account at DankyDank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K. And I'm also available now on the new threads. So if you want to, I guess it's, I guess message me or reach out to me on that as well. I don't know what the right terminology for that is yet. Go ahead and do that. I'm at Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y underscore D-E-N-K. So we're continuing the conversation. Uh, We just got done talking about can they contend with this beefed up Atlantic division. Right now I'm saying... I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard in the middle of July to predict what might happen in November, December, and what kind of team we might get coming out of training camp, especially in the first couple of weeks of the NHL season. And 
I think we could all agree, though, with this Lightning team on any given night, as we have seen over the last couple of years, it could either be very good or very bad. And usually when it's very good, especially the last couple of years, especially this past season, there still has been some things that the Lightning have gotten very, very lucky on. And I don't know if this is a team that's built right now to be able to survive on luck. And they're definitely not going to survive on their depth because, like I said, their depth is very, very thin. Um, you know, as, as good of a signing on paper, like I said, I was perfectly fine with Connor Sheary. I, I love that. I'm perfectly fine with with Calvin DeHaan. I think that's a great third-line um, option there. Uh, a guy who has played in a system like Carolina that is very disciplined, that plays defense very well. Uh, I think he's a great addition. As for that third-line pairing with Bogosian, I don't know if he's a long-term option out there. Um, but the Lightning... It, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens for the rest of the summer, especially going to training camp, because I don't know right now, and this might be in a, a miscalculation or they're waiting for some contracts to pass or whatever the case may be. But at this moment in time, the lightning have no, no cap space. They're actually in the red. They're at minus, Three million, so they're three million over. If you want to round that up, four. And I don't know. Maybe you. I don't know what the right answer is because there's very few players that you could kind of part ways with. And even if you want to part ways with these players, I don't look at them as any good trade capital unless you're getting seventh round picks which at the end of the day i don't care i don't care if the lightning trade away philippe myers for a, a 2024 seventh round traffic i don't care if the lightning trade away hayden flurry for a bucket of pucks i don't care all i'm saying is that they need to find some way to get this money off the books as soon as possible, or at least before training camp, to not only just alleviate themselves of of the the pressure that is the salary cap right now, but I I don't think it is prudent, and I've spoken about this on past episodes. I don't think it's prudent to go into the new epi- into the new season with essentially dead money. On your con on, on your on your cap. And I'm talking about Fleet Myers, uh Hayden Flurry, and and you kind of look at the forwards lines. Alex Barre Boulet, I think it's we're we're kind of I've I'm at least at peace with 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 what the Lightning have decided not to do with Alex Barre Boulet. I thought he was very good for this team during the bubble. And I, excuse me, on the second Stanley Cup run, and it's just he hasn't been able to stay at the at the NHL level. And I don't think it's a really a an issue with how he plays. I think he's a very good player. 
I think he's a he would make a very good fourth line forward. Um, I just don't know where you fit him in. And on top of that, you know, when he's making over seven hundred grand, you and you don't really. And I know that only accounts for nine percent of the cap, but still, that is still very much. You know, at, we're very still much at the point in time where every penny counts, every dollar counts. And, you know, I look at it this way. If 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 I had Julian Brees Boss on the show or if I could say one thing to him, ask one question of him is, do you see this guy on the ice in four months? Because if you don't, then trade him. Do away with him. Like, I look at Hayden Fleury. I look at Philippe Myers. And I look at those two gentlemen and, and realize that those are guys that were not big parts of this team last year. And uh, I could guarantee you aren't going to be at all big parts of this team. Now, if you want to follow along with me as I'm talking about this, I am on capfriendly.com right now uh, looking at the Lightning's um, uh, issues with the salary cap. And... That is a big issue. I think this is really, you know, it's been a bumpy ride for Julian Brees Boss within the last year. Uh, signing these two guys last last season and then making that trade with Tanner Janot because I, I firmly believe if Tanner Janot comes out this season and just lays a big fat egg, he will be gone by the trade deadline. I think that Julian Brees Boss isn't going to deal with the headache of hearing and and also last time i checked i don't even think tanner Janot has signed a contract he is technically an rfa right now so he is not even on the books so that tells you how much in dire constraints the tampa bay lightning are so really he needs to make moves asap because if i assume that the plan is to bring back Janot. i i don't know how you trade all of that away to Nashville and you don't re-sign the guy. I mean, the guy's coming back. He's an RFA unless at some point they just rescind his rights. But what's the game plan here? And we haven't heard much uh, concerning really, really from JBB about what was the plan other than getting younger this offseason, which I think we're all in agreement needed to happen. But you you look at, like I said, you're signing Luke Glendening. I mean, yeah, you're signing Luke Glendening. You you signed Josh Archibald. You signed Connor Sheary, which, like I said, was a no-brainer, which you definitely needed to do. And just really a side note about Connor Sheary's contract, which I don't like and I just noticed. No trade clause. Can we just put a stop to the no trade clauses in the NHL? Or have some sort of like how the NHL, uh, the NFL has with franchise tags. They could, I believe it's only one or two. I think it's one or maybe have like five, three to five, maybe have a limit of no trade clauses because it's absolutely ridiculous. I get it. Guys don't want to be moved every single year and that's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, like handing out no trade clauses, like they're hotcakes, the players who very well might not, be able to play for a spot on this team in a year and a half. That's not some that that's going back to the point, like I said before, about Julian Brees Boss 
yes, needs to be aggressive in acquiring the right players, but at the same time, do not sell the farm or, or, or just give in to every single demand. You know, if, if Connor Sherry, I know he's going to be a, a good addition. He plays fast and that's perfectly fine. I, I like his, his, his experience. Uh, he's won two cups with a great organization played with Washington last year. So he's kind of looking for something a little different mm-hmm. in terms of atmosphere. Perfectly fine. Have no problem with that. But you're giving the guy six million dollars for three years, and you're not giving and you're giving him a no trade clause. I'm sorry, the guy's 31. At the end of his contract, he'll be 34. That's I I regardless of how you feel about his contract, that's a ridiculous. Now, maybe he could waive that, and that's great. But as we've seen in the past with past players on this Lightning team. It could sometimes get very hard, especially when the when things are going very well, to get rid of, to get guys to waive their no trade clauses. So that's a whole nother that's something that we'll stick a pin in for later on. But yeah, the the summary is will the Lightning be able to get another player or two? Chances are probably not. They're probably gonna have to figure out something where they're gonna have to get Hayden Fleury and and Philippe Myers off the main roster and off the books. And then they have to turn around and sign Tanner Janot. Um, so it's a very complicated situation. If the Lightning do bring in a new player to help, uh, especially on that defensive line, that one, that third defensive pairing with Bogosian and, and Dahan, because like I kind of alluded to before, I don't think Bogosian's going to play a full season this year. He didn't last year. And in the moments that he did play, uh, I know he's 32, but he's an old 32. So I I think his ceiling is probably 70 games, maybe less, depending on if he's injured or not. And and he's more so a matchup player. I think that they're going to have to bring in someone to split those games uh, with Zach Bogosian. Uh, The forward lines are, I think, are pretty set in stone right now, which is fine. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Funny things have happened. And, you know, where does Taylor Radish fit in with all this? So still a lot of questions, still a lot of a lot of questions to be answered and asked and uh, a whole lot, lot more weeks of this summer before, you know, right before we know it. Summer uh, training camp will be right here and then we'll be talking about preseason and then the NHL season will be right here. We'll be in the in the beginning of October talking about the NHL season uh just on the verge of starting so we'll keep an eye on all the moves as they unfold but first i want you to stick around while we talk about one of our favorite sponsors uh and that is our friends over at FanDuel sportsbook now we just had the mlb all-star break uh we're in the middle of it actually the all-star game and the second half of the the mlb season is about to start so take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in the amount of bonus bets. That's up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. That's 200. You could spend betting everything from money line to over under who you think is going to hit the first home run. My favorite part about FanDuel Sportsbook is that they're easy and secure app. I, I mean, you could bet on everything and find it instantly. And you could also, when you win, you get paid instantly, so there's no better place to bet on the MLB or bet in general 
than on FanDuel. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on for $200 in bonus bets. So wrapping things up. Uh, yeah, let me know in the comments below what you think about this offseason. I know that ESPN um, revealed or, or released some rating or grading on the offseason. And I think the Lightning got a C, but it's like, what did you expect them to do? They didn't have any cap, skate, uh, cap space at the, at the end of the season. So what makes you think they're going to be able to do anything? I mean, we kind of sort of knew, all of us that Alex Kalorn was probably not going to sign back. Um, he even said it himself in that last game against Toronto. He was, he kind of, he kind of felt like it was going to be his last game in a lightning Jersey. And he was right. And then he went to, now he's in Anaheim and he got paid, which not going to kill anybody for, you know, I'm never going to kill a player for going and getting his money. Um, if it's reasonable. You know, I think the only player I ever kind of criticized for chasing money was Johnny Gradeau. Goes from a decent situation in Calgary, goes to Columbus, and you don't you never know what's gonna happen with the Blue Jackets. But you look at this the Stampa team, and like I stated, and I will continue to talk about throughout the course of the of the summer, this doesn't look like a team, you know, because I look at it this way. Coach and Point are going to get their points. They're going to tally their points. Braden Point is going to have at least another 30, 35 goal season. Hopefully that's 40. Kucherov's probably going to have a 30 and close to 100 uh, point, say, uh, point season as well. 30 goals. Stamkos, I don't know, really. He kind of looked like a shell of himself last off season, a last season. Um, and unless he continues to evolve his game, which is a very hard thing to do, especially this late in your career. Um, we might see more of the same. And, you know, Nick Paul can't do it all by himself, which is perfectly fine. Completely understandable. Anthony Sorelli, another one who I thought that this team looked incredibly different when he was not on the ice. Um, but a lot of the games that the Lightning will win or lose are going to depend on guys like Michael Essamont, like Connor Sheary, Tanner Janot, if he does somehow come back, if they manage to make the money work. Um, especially, like I said, that fourth line with Kepke, Glenn Denning, and Archibald. Will those guys be able to step up in big-time situations? And, of course, that third line uh, defensive pairing with Calvin DeHaan and Zach Bogosian. And I'll also say it, too, because I think it, it it garners attention, and we definitely should talk about it, which we will continue to talk about it. Victor Hedman, can he have a bounce-back year? Uh, look like an, another guy who was looking, looking like he was going to be over the hill in terms of his career. So hopefully he could have a bounce-back season. The Lightning definitely need him to be successful. So we'll see. Um, I have the only guy that I'm, I think I could guarantee is going to have a very good season is Andre Vasilevsky. But that doesn't mean that the Lightning should fall asleep at the wheel um, like they've known to sometimes when Vasilevsky is on. So 
it's a team effort and it's a team game for a reason. So in the meantime, go ahead, please subscribe to the podcast. Let me know what you think about this team. Comment on this video on YouTube and hit that notification button and subscribe. So as soon as the newest episode drops, you'll be notified. So in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.